Hey everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL show, an early Irish NFL show on a Wednesday night. I don't know why we're on a Wednesday night. I think Brian wants to watch Man United against Arsenal tomorrow. I'm only joking. Early Thursday night football. Cowboys against the Saints. Boys, ready for our picks? Ready to go? I'm, I'm only joking. We'll do that later on. Uh, Brian O'Leary, Colin Cronin. How's the form, boys? All good? All good, yeah. Um, this is this is great. It's, it's We're coming into that time of the season where the football is getting more and more important and there seem to be kind of more and more games as we build up towards Christmas. Brian? Yeah, yeah Colin must have thought the game was this evening. He's declaring his colours tonight with the United swag, shall we call it. But uh, no, um, look, Thursday night rolls around very quickly after Monday night and uh, yeah, enticing games towards the United Saints who are have been struggling of late against Cowboys who need to bounce back after that uh, loss at home on Thanksgiving, even before we get to the weekend. But to Colin's point, yeah, we're getting to the stage of the season there where you're very much looking at the uh, the playoff uh, synopsis every Monday and looking at the games ahead and who's jumping in, who's jumping out, because every week seem, teams seem to be jumping in and out of that work hard spot. So interesting to see how the next few days go again. The Irish NFL show presented by Trust Gaming and Matchbook Betting Exchange. More in both of those sponsors later on. I want to bring in our first guest now. He's the manager and editor in chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ. I, I, man, I got your I got your right, Emilio. RJ Ochoa. Yeah, I, I got that wrong, haven't I? RJ, sorry. Man. Oh, it, it's close enough. Uh, greetings, guys. Just wanted to say first off, uh, representing not just America's team and the Dallas Cowboys, but. Uh, the United States in the Ryder Cup. Uh, not often I get a chance to to poke fun at um, you know Roy McIlroy's uh, <laughs> you know home country. Uh, also, fellow you know speaking of Roy McIlroy, fellow Manchester United fan here. Looking forward to the Arsenal match tomorrow. Uh, maybe Ronaldo gets back in the starting lineup. Who knows? I actually was planning on wearing my jersey tomorrow. Uh, I should have worn it today though for full synchronization here. But uh, but great to be with you guys. Absolutely. And look, RJ, have, have you ever been to Ireland before? Uh, did you stop over maybe before the Cowboys London game? It's been a while since Dallas have been in London. Hopefully next year could happen. I think they play the Jags as well in the next couple of years. Yeah, they do. Um, they're scheduled to visit the Jaguars next year. Um, and last time, to your point, 2014 uh, was the London game for them. I've never been. Uh, I've never been even um, to London, um, you know, to England in any capacity. But it's certainly on the list. And I would love to structure it around. A Cowboys game, a Man United game, play some golf. Um, I'd, I'd love, I mean, if I could go anywhere in the world to play some golf, it would certainly be to Ireland. So, um, you know, in all seriousness, shout out to Roy McElroy in that sense. Yeah, there's some um, some decent courses, all right. So we'd be delighted to to welcome you over. But um, we are here to chat, chat about the Cowboys. And it's been a really interesting season, I suppose, RJ, because the Cowboys start off so well. Obviously, look, they lost to the Bucks, but everyone says Dak's first game back. And then they go on this, you know, winning streak until the the uh, Broncos game. Then they bounce back, a real beatdown on the Falcons. But then it seems the uh, outside of the Chargers that the AFC West has been the Cowboys' kryptonite. Is it? Do you think it's just the injuries or is there a bit more to what's going on? So I think, um, you know, through the Kansas City loss, you could kind of explain away the Cowboys losses in one way, shape or form. Obviously, week one, it was, hey, they went to Tampa, you know, first game with fans, even, you know, raising a Super Bowl banner. It's difficult to win in that environment. And they almost did at that. The Broncos game, um, you know, that. I mean, I, I thought it was strange that they even admitted that they, they kind of didn't take it serious. They were kind of 
you know, and I think some of that is has been this season has been such a year of vindication for the Cowboys and that they've done these things that they haven't done historically. They went to New England, they beat the Patriots in general, but did so. Uh, if anyone you know for, forgets, there were a lot of awkward penalties in that game, some adversity that kind of plagued the Cowboys. They, they fought through and won that game, very unlike who they've been, or at least who they were under Jason Garrett. And then they go to Minnesota right before the Broncos game, and uh, they play the long game. They bench Dak Prescott, in, in, you know, because you know you can't win a championship on Halloween. Um, and they win. And that, that's something, you know, they've never done before. They had never really won that way before. And so it made sense, the Denver game. Okay, you kind of bought into yourselves. You were humbled. And we bought that, especially after the following week when they just kind of handed the, the Falcons the biggest beat down they possibly could have. And then they went to Kansas City. And, and I've not been a, a big believer in the Chiefs personally this year. But fine, you know, it's Arrowhead. You know, it's, it's the Chiefs that have been this great team for three years. You were down, you know, Tyron Smith again. Amari Cooper was suddenly taken from you, put on the COVID list. CeeDee Lamb doesn't play the second half. So fine. You, you can you can really be stretching a little bit more, but you can explain that. Last week was kind of when, when we started to really question things because they came out after the Chiefs lost. They said, look, we're pissed off. We, we want to come out and punch someone in the face. And, and so you kind of thought, okay, here comes another Falcons game. And so the fact that they were flat the way they were against the Raiders is certainly disconcerting. Um, I think a larger problem for the Cowboys that, that maybe isn't necessarily something we'll, we'll figure out this year, but it is that Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, it's obviously a, a big day here in the States. And so they've lost three Thanksgiving Day games in a row. Um, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. It did massive ratings. It's this big stage. And I, I do think it invites, you know, the, the visiting team to come in and show the world and just kind of use the Cowboys as this platform to, to really announce themselves. And, you know, the Cowboys weren't able to stand up against that. And so entering this week, you know, it, this is a unique week for the Cowboys, the most unique week they face all, all season long when they go Thursday to Thursday. Uh, it's already challenging because you're, you're still kind of in the run of, of this weird schedule. Now you're without Mike McCarthy. Thankfully, Amari Cooper looks like he's going to play tomorrow. But um, right now, it, it, I think they're at this fork in the road. Are you going to be able to regain control of this thing with, with a little mini-buy coming up this weekend? Or are you going to continue to flounder? They did get some help, which they frankly didn't deserve uh, by way of the Philadelphia Eagles losing last weekend. And so, um, but, you know, now it's time for them to kind of right the ship because it's been way too long. RJ, interesting point there. When we were making our picks for the game, for the Thanksgiving game, I did make the point the only way I could see them losing is if they don't step up on Thanksgiving. The Bills, Washington football team, and now obviously this year against the Raiders. And Mary Cooper is questionable. I know you, you touched on the heat potentially could play tomorrow in the last hour it's come out he's questionable he'd missed the two games of COVID and obviously this week now they're saying he's still dealing with that situation is he underestimated to a certain extent because CD Lamb gets so much exposure and he's, he's had a really good season but Amari Cooper consistently has been one of your better wide receivers throughout the years and to, is there an impact I know they put a high points against the Raiders last week but the Raiders defense throughout the season has been quite poor you know what's the general consensus around Cowboys fans on Amari Cooper it's really interesting. I think that's, that's such a great question. Um, you know, it cost the Cowboys about $6 million to get rid of him in the offseason if they want to. And everybody knows that because everybody's kind of thought about it and had different discussions. And uh, the reason for that is that Michael Gallup is in a contract year for the Cowboys. And so C.D. Lamb's obviously a part of this team in their long-term future. But, but who are you going to pair with him in 2022 and beyond? Is it Amari Cooper? Is it Michael Gallup? Um, and, you know, it, it, well, this has been a weird week of introspection, I think, because 
the early part of the 2018 season, the, the Cowboys had released Des Bryant. Jason Witten had retired the first time. Uh, the Cowboys were going at the wide receiver position with a combination of Alan Hearns and Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin. And it just wasn't working until they traded for Amari Cooper. And that kind of coincided with Dak Prescott really evolving as a quarterback. And so, you know, the people who still refuse to buy into Dak Prescott have long said, well, you know, who would he be without Amari Cooper? And we found out the last two weeks and it really, you know, it calls into question Dak Prescott a little bit. I don't, I don't doubt Dak, you know, by any stretch, but um, it does at least make the conversation all the more interesting. And I think it removes any possibility of moving on from Amari Cooper in the offseason. I think his value to the team, his value to the offense, to their consistency as a whole has been well on display. Now, to be fair, you know, the Cowboys have played two full games without Amari Cooper and three of those four halves, they have also played without CD lamb. And so not, not the truest of sample sizes, uh, but, but definitely enough, I think to make you question everything as a whole. And, and I think, you know, obviously consistency is important no matter who it is, Amari Cooper or whatever, but for what it's worth, this is the first time, you know, so many people know all the stars on the Cowboys offense. This is the first time ever that Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins will all play in the game together just because of Lyle missing all of last season. Zach Martin missed week one on the COVID list himself. Then Amari, I mean, just a, a number of different changes that have happened over the course of the last year and a half. We, obviously with the time difference, it's difficult to watch games late at night. Now, I, there is obviously the all still in that football big game. I'll try and watch it live with work the next morning. I fell asleep after the second quarter of the Bills Saints last Thursday night for Thanksgiving. Um, look, obviously it didn't go well last week for Dallas, but you're getting that week's rest. Surely you're watching that game last Thursday and you're thinking the Saints are there for the taking. I mean, I, if it was my team, I would surely, but TSM Hill coming in, Trevor Simeon now QB2, it's a really good opportunity for Dallas to bounce back tomorrow night, isn't it? You would think so, um, but th this this Cowboys team had really earned this benefit of the doubt, and and we'd really started to kind of, you know, our hearts have been broken, right? And and the Cowboys had, you know, had had taken us on wonderful dates, had held the door open for us, you know, bought us presents, remembered every little anniversary, and all of a sudden, you know, just been ghosting us these last two weeks, and so all of our old emotions have really kind of come uh, come to pass, and so. While I agree with you, I would, you know, I was going to say, I would have said, I did say entering the Thanksgiving Day game, you know, that Raiders team was really, really weakened. I mean, they'd lost three in a row. You know, the last two were, were that humiliating, you mentioned Sunday Night Football, that humiliating Sunday Night game against Kansas City. They lost to the Bengals, and that's a really obviously big loss for them in, in the race for the wild card spot, or one of them in the AFC. And, and the Cowboys let them walk all over them. And so, you know, people talk about the penalties and things like that. It's it it's there's logic in what you're saying, but but a lot of Cowboys fans have been hurt before, and so they're really really scared to trust again. You know, for what it's worth, they do tend to play better on this second Thursday game historically. They they do kind of come out a little bit flat on Thanksgiving, um, and then they regroup, bounce back, and get it together on the Thursday night football game, which is what we're entering. You will recall though that last year this game actually was delayed six days when the Cowboys went to Baltimore. Uh, to face the Ravens. That was when every game it felt like was delayed due to COVID protocols and whatnot. That was actually played on the Wednesday after uh, just because of everything happening with that game. RJ, um, I suppose in terms like the Dallas defense has been very good at times and, and you know, we can maybe talk a little bit about Micah Parsons, probably the standout for defense rookie of the year. 
But it felt when the Cowboys played the Broncos that the Broncos really looked to pick on Diggs. And obviously, um, in that Thanksgiving game, it, the the Raiders went after Brown in terms of those uh, DPIs. Do you think there's a concern around teams picking on your cornerbacks? Yeah, I think so. And it, it's been a while since Trayvon Diggs was, was kind of the center of all the highlights and, you know, top discussion points and whatnot. Obviously, the interception streak was was really weird um, that started the season. And this this defense as a whole, and I think I think Diggs and maybe Brown are a little bit emblematic of that. Certainly Diggs. This, this defense is, is kind of, you know, big play one way or the other. You know, it, it's big, you know, pick six that you need against the New England Patriots or it's getting burned or a, DP, a DPI or something like that that is just head scratching and frustrating. And so it's a very opportunistic defense. And when, when they're not on, when they're not generating turnovers, they've been really fortunate to kind of be able to do that this season. Um, you know, it, they're not that great. And they're, they're an average defense, I think, at best. Uh, that has these Herculean moments. And sometimes those come in, in moments you can't believe. You know, everybody remembers the, the only AFC West win for the Cowboys came against the Chargers. And one of their turnovers in that game was Justin Herbert throwing an interception in the end zone to DeMonte Kazee. That's a really uncharacteristic thing for Justin Herbert, although not last week against the Denver Broncos, obviously. Um, but But things like that, you know, they've just for lack of a better, more logical term, they've been lucky. And, you know, that luck has has run its course sometimes, but it's also regressed to the other end of the spectrum in different games, like the Broncos game. Like, the, you know, they even got turnovers in that Chiefs game and they still weren't able to do anything with it offensively, which was frustrating. And so it's been a while since, since all sides of the ball played together in a complimentary fashion. RJ, interested to hear your thoughts on Mike McCarthy. Last year, during the unusual season that we had, there was a lot of speculation that he'd lost the, he'd lost the locker room. And I suppose it was all written off because of you know, the unusual season that it was for everybody. And then this season, they've rebounded so well, probably beyond many people's expectations, maybe not outside of Dallas. But um, do you think the, the fans are on board with him? Because sometimes they're going to get the sense that, similar back to the days of the Packers, whilst they were always having great seasons, there was a lot of fans who were still disappointed that they weren't going to the, I suppose, in terms of the expectations of going to win a Super Bowl. You know, um, I, I know our time is limited. I could go on for a long time about this. I find it to be very interesting. I, I think, first of all, you know, um, last season was unique, and, and you can apply that to every citizen of the planet. Um, and, and it still remains the case, obviously, in, in so many degrees. And, you know, and, and obviously that, that rears its, its face this particular week with Mike McCarthy testing positive for COVID-19. And so um, in addition to the, the, the natural challenges that last year presented to Mike McCarthy, Lyle Collins, I mentioned, Cowboys starting right tackle, didn't play at all. Tyron Smith barely played. His starting quarterback was lost in the fifth game of the season. His starting middle linebacker, Leighton Vanderish, was injured off and on. And I think it's, you know, people people make jokes and people make memes, but for what it's worth, Mike McCarthy did spend an entire year, the entire 2019 season, planning, preparing, putting everything in order for when he would make his return to the NFL. And, you know, like on day six, that was completely thwarted uh, as a result of, of the pandemic. And, you know, I've never spent a year planning anything uh, except for, you know, how to get my, my grades right in college. And unless my parents are listening, then I, I never had that issue. Uh, but I mean, and so I think that that that's some important context when it comes to evaluating Mike McCarthy. Um, and you know, you could look at the early part of the season and say, well, look at that. His plan is taking hold. And, and I think he, he's, he's hurt himself, um, in that he, 
uh, has touted himself before as this, you know, woke person in the, the mind of analytics and whatnot. And, and he's backed that up to, to a certain degree. But um, ultimately, I think that he is delivering on, on being an aggressive head coach, somebody that the Cowboys sorely needed. Um, you know, I've said, you know, going back to Manchester United, the Cowboys had Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer and Jason Garrett, this, this son of the program guy they really wanted to be that person and it just never took to pass you needed that person to come in different way of thinking different line of thinking and mike mccarthy's been that and, and this month has been really challenging uh so it'll be very interesting to see how he handles things if they do wind up making the playoffs obviously send their thoughts there and uh, to coach mccarthy who has COVID this week hopefully see him back in the sidelines next week love that analogy between all and Solskjaer as well rj uh, just for anybody look there's a lot of cowboys fans just finally in in, in ireland the uk and europe where can we find you on Twitter and uh, where can we find uh, blogging the boys as well? Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at RJ Ochoa, nice and simple. That's a hub for everything I do. Bloggingtheboys.com, you can search for us. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We have a podcast network. We have shows that come out all the time. Uh, we're obsessed with the Dallas Cowboys, obsessed with everything they're doing, which has, has made our lives very interesting over the last month. Uh, but we're really excited, obviously, for December and hopefully a, a change of pace and, and a nice run here. Uh, and, you know, I really enjoyed uh, this discussion with you guys. Uh, again, you know, apologies on the Ryder Cup. I would feel bad if, if I didn't enjoy every second of it. Uh, but, uh, but but great, um, great times chatting and, and hopefully uh, a very Merry Christmas to you guys and your family. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. And also, forget about the Ryder Cup. Hopefully we can see you uh, maybe in L.A. in February. I'm sure Brian would love that seeing Dallas in the Super Bowl in February. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But uh, look, RJ, obviously enjoy the rest of the season. You're welcome on any time, but I'm sure we'll chat down the stretch. So thanks, man, for coming Pre over. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, thanks RJ. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. Great to have RJ on. Uh, you can check him out there at uh, Blogging the Boys. I know I know Brian definitely. Well, he loves the Cowboys. That's we them boys. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, second guest coming on now. Thank you very much for second guest for waiting. Though. He's been on for a couple of minutes there. Jeff Duncan, he's a columnist for the Times uh, in New Orleans. I can't pronounce the other word. Like, I'm just going to ask Jeff to come in and describe it. P-I-C-A-Y-U-N-E, Jeff, I'm really sorry. I'm having a really, really bad night with pronunciation. Uh, but <laughs> it's, you're it's very you. welcome. Pick a you. Oh, okay. Pick a you. Okay, no problem. You know what that means? Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little a quick, quick definition. It's Go for it. Go for it. Okay, it was a quarter of a quarter back in the old days, centuries ago, when the Spanish founded uh, New Orleans, a picayune was six and a quarter cents, and that's what the newspaper back then sold for. I, I need to go to I, I need to go to New Orleans, like if, you know, for a start, the food, all of that. There, just I, I have to go. We'll try and get to a game or maybe a Super Bowl in, in four or five years, boys. And an there. educational lesson there as well. You got there from Jeff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the first Jeff on the show tonight, Jeff Ryan was up next. So, Jeff number one, Jeff Duncan, huge welcome as well, getting on the, the Irish NFL show. Jeff, have, have you ever been to Ireland before? Have you been to any of the London games yourself? Or? Yeah, I've been, well, I've been to two of the London games with the Saints, and I've been up to Northern England to do a story uh, in Bealsby, which is, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that part of England. That's where the Saints punter, the old punter, Thomas Morstead, where his, all of his family's from up in Northern England. So yes. that was actually one of my favorite stories I've ever done, getting on a train in London and going up uh, to see kind of the farm that his, Thomas Morstead's grandfather still lived on that's where he learned to punt he actually punted a rugby ball learned how to punt rugby 
and uh, that led to his career in the uh, NFL with the with the New Orleans Saints. Pretty cool story. He was we in the show were, last week, Colin. Yeah, we were fortunate to get to talk to Thomas uh, just last week, uh, just before on our Thanksgiving special, and he was telling us uh, lots of great stories of his time. He he really has New Orleans close to his heart, and. Um, Jeff, you wrote a, a book, Peyton and Breeze, the, the Men Who Built the Greatest Offense in NFL History. I, I suppose I want to focus on Sean Payton, given the game tomorrow night. He's going back, uh, well, he's having Jerry come to, to town, and uh, Sean always likes to, to put on a show against Jerry. But given what the Saints are dealing with at, at QB, is he going to be able to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh I mean, he has been handcuffed all year, as you all know, with the injuries, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know exactly what kind of game plan he's going to have because I don't think he wants to get in an offensive shootout with the Cowboys. That's And it's crazy to think that, guys, because that was always the Saints' M.O. in the past when they had Drew Brees. I mean, they would get in a shootout and win all those games because they were so confident and competent offensively. And now they're just – they're trying to get through games and shorten the games and try and control the clock, not let the other offense on the field because they're so limited offensively right now. No Mike Thomas. It looks like Alvin Kamara is going to be back. He's questionable for the game, but Mark Ingram's going to be back, and it looks like Taysom Hill's going to start. I don't think they want to get into a 30-point shootout. And I don't even know if they can, to be honest with you, uh, right now with the Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott in that offensive group. So um, it's going to be interesting to see his game plan with Taysom Hill now. Looks like the starting quarterback. Jeff, probably more of a long-term view question. Like This season, to a certain extent, feels a little bit lost because they probably don't have a proper assessment of what, whether James Winston would be the long-term answer in this offense because of obviously the, the injury which he got against the Bucs. Where, where do you potentially think that leaves them in the offseason? Will they look to make a, a go again in free agency or do you like because it's obviously the draft situation who knows where they'll be selecting like where, where's, where's the plan going to be in terms of the next steps yeah you know it's a great question too i mean i don't know if we had a large enough body of work yeah. for the saints to evaluate him as a long-term successor to drew Brees. i know they like what they saw and he was getting better but he also has to come back from a very severe knee injury uh, that uh, we don't know exactly what that timetable is going to be either. He had the surgery a few weeks back out in Los Angeles. He's rehabbing it right now. Uh, so I think the Saints will explore all their options in the offseason. I think it's going to be the number one question for the entire organization is how do they address the quarterback situation? And knowing how Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis think, I think everything's going to be on the table. I think potentially trading for one of these potential big name quarterbacks, if that becomes available, I think they'll pursue that. I think they'll look at the draft. I think they'll look in-house. Taysom Hill's certainly going to get an opportunity here over the next few games to prove his worth at quarterback. Uh, and he just signed a long-term extension that has a lot of incentives built in that would allow him to be the starting quarterback and get paid at that rate if he can prove it on the field with some of his performance incentives. So, it's wide open, guys. I, I don't think anybody, including Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis, know what the answer is. One major positive today, you know, touch wood, Jeff. Alvin Kamara has practiced at least in some capacity for the last four days in a row. He's missed the last three games. 
how confident are you of uh, maybe him coming in tomorrow night and playing a you know a decently sized role in that game? You know, do you think he might be being you know rushed back too early, or there's always that risk coming back in and you know maybe getting another injury, especially at this point in the season? But I guess there's no perfect time to come back, is there? No, I mean knowing Alvin, I mean he's a tough dude and a guy that plays through injuries. Uh, and I know that he probably wanted to come back sooner. I heard a couple of weeks ago that if there were a playoff game, he could have played. So I don't think when he comes back to play, I think he's going to be basically 100%. He'll be ready to go, whatever the workload is. I think getting Mark Ingram also back helps tremendously in that area. Uh, Ingram's played really well. He's been very productive. So I, I think they'll be able to share the load, and it won't put a lot of stress on either one of them. And I think the key is going to be Taysom Hill's health because if he's – the starting quarterback, as we expect, uh, this offense could look a lot like, uh, say, the Philadelphia Eagles, what they're doing right now, maybe Baltimore, kind of a scaled-down version of what they do with Lamar Jackson, where it's a really ground-based rushing attack with every once in a while you take a shot deep. Uh, and that also could take some of the load off Kamara if Taysom Hill's able to run the ball. Jeff, you mentioned earlier you, you don't want to get into a shootout with the Cowboys, but we saw the, the Broncos hold them to 16 points, and those 16 points really came almost in garbage time at the, the end of the fourth. The Chiefs held them to, to nine points, and um, we saw the Broncos really pick on Trayvon Diggs. We saw the Raiders go after Brown and get four DPI calls. How, like, what way are, are, are the, the Saints, are they will... Are there weaknesses, I suppose, in that Cowboys defense that the Saints can look to exploit? Well, that is what Sean Payton's M.O. is. When, when he prepares, he finds a weak spot on the defense and he attacks it mercilessly. And he will have plays called up to attack where he finds a weakness. And I don't think there's any doubt that he's seen something in their secondary, just looking at their uh, you know, body of work this season. That's where I think they'll go. I think what they're going to try and do with Taysom Hill is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, try to get that defense cheating towards the line of scrimmage and then take some shots downfield for some big plays. Guys, that's been the biggest weakness of this Saints offense among many things, but the biggest thing is they don't have any explosive plays. I mean, they're last in the league. They went four or five years ago from being number one in the league with Drew Brees and Mike Thomas and that group to their – dead last and it's really not even close they don't get any 20 yard plus plays and i think that's what Taysom hill gives them the opportunity to have i think that's why sean payton has always been intrigued by him as a quarterback because he knows the defense uh, much like lamar jackson you have to you have to honor the run so you have to commit that other safety up to the line of scrimmage to help support the run in the numbers game and that allows you uh, some plays downfield in the passing game and we know Taysom Hill's got a big-time arm. He can get it down there. They just haven't had those looks uh, with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. People don't respect his ability to run the ball at all. And so they've been able to play back deep, and the Saints just have to do everything underneath. And it's led to a lot of just uh, uh, short three and outs because no one really respects the Saints' deep passing attack or the running game with Trevor Simeon. Jeff, if they are to win, you'd expect a big performance from the defense. I mean – Defense this season has played reasonably well. It's probably not reflective in the last two weeks against the Bills and, and the Eagles, but, but by and large, they've had a really good season. And uh, we've seen the Cowboys been held up. I mean, they've gone into Arrowhead, then obviously the home game against the Broncos, where they, you know, they've been 
held to you know low scores. You know, if they were to get it right tomorrow night, you could be putting more of the onus on defense to win them the game more so than relying on their own game. Yeah, well, the only difference I think is looks like Dallas is going to be back to full force, right? It looks like yeah. Amari Cooper is going to play. Ezekiel Elliott's playing. They've been kind of hamstrung the last few weeks offensively with some of their top playmakers. And it looks like everyone's going to be out there uh, in this game. C.D. Lamb, uh, I think, is probably going to play. I, I know they're missing the right tackle. Uh, so you're right. They, they've had some games where they haven't shown up. They're obviously not going to have Mike McCarthy there, but I think Kellen Moore has been calling the plays anyway. So I really feel like the Saints are going to get the full force of the Dallas offense. Now, the one thing I would say in the past, the Saints defense, when they played Dallas, has really done a good job of controlling Dak Prescott, keeping him in the pocket, uh, really keeping their scores down. So I think they probably feel pretty confident about that, but they've got to play better on defense. I mean, they're, they're really only going to be missing uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Davenport are their front-line players uh, in the game. They're pretty healthy on that side of the ball. They've not been playing as well as they did early in the year when they shut down Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers and went into New England and really gave Mac Jones all kinds of fits. Uh, they've really they've made a bunch of big plays against Tom Brady and the Bucks that helped win that game. They've lately struggled to really come up with big plays themselves. They haven't had too many sacks. Uh, that last week they finally came up with a couple of turnovers against the Bills, but they're going to have to get back to making some plays and making it easier on this on this hamstrung offense if the Saints want to make a push for the playoffs. Jeff, what's been your thoughts on the NFC South in general? Obviously, the Bucks sitting there getting free. We seen the Falcons in London. Uh, that was a good day out, boys. And I mean, the, the Panthers. I mean, if you told me a month ago Cam Newton was going to come back, the first week we're all going, hold on, wait a minute, and then obviously now we're going. It's it's been like I, I know it's not very close in terms of getting back to the Bucks. Well, you know it's well it's it's a, it's a good few games out, but it's been an interesting season in that division for, for you know for all the situations going on there. Yeah, well, I think the Bucks are clearly the class of the of the division. I don't see anybody. I think they've got a three game lead now. I mean, it looks and their schedule lightens up a lot, so uh, I don't see anybody catching them. I think the Saints need to win this game against Dallas to be in the playoff picture. I think if they lose this game, they've got they'd have to almost win out because I really think ten and seven is going to be uh, the barometer for the final wild card spots. Uh, Carolina is just you know they're they're struggling just like the Saints are right now with the quarterback position. I don't see them getting out of it this year. I think they're going to have to take a good long look at what they're going to do at the quarterback position in the off season. I'm a big fan of Matt Rule. Of course, I covered Joe Brady when he was here, the offensive coordinator was with the Saints and LSU. Uh, great respect for him. So I think they're going to get it right there eventually, but they've got to solve their quarterback issue. And then in Atlanta, I mean, that's a, a, a team I think that could be dangerous. They've got some weapons on offense. Matt Ryan, if you can protect him, has shown that he can put up big big numbers. But if they don't protect him, he becomes very average at, at best. Uh, so I think they also – need to go on a run, and I don't know if they can do it. I mean, they lit up the Saints a few weeks ago. That was a big loss for the Saints in the Superdome. Matt Ryan had his best game of the season by far, and really since then, the Falcons haven't done a whole lot since, except for winning last week. So I really think the Saints have an opportunity to be that wild-card team uh, if they can get a few of these healthy players back uh, in the lineup and Taysom Hill can start producing and kind of give some juice to that offense because it's just been so lifeless. I think it's affected the confidence 
of the defense. It's affected everyone because they've been so bad offensively that the defense has been, I think, trying too hard, and it's it's led to a bunch of mistakes on that side of the ball. Jeff, one player we haven't seen at all in a Saints uniform this season is Michael Thomas. And he announced, obviously, um, last month that he was done for the, the season. Will we ever see him in a Saints uniform or is, is will he come back? I know there's still a considerable um, dead cap on his contract next year. I think it's the year after where it kind of reduces. Yeah, I think he will be back. I think they would like to have him back. Um, it's been tough. I mean, basically, you've had two years without your, you know, your all, all pro wide receiver. Uh, it was really unfortunate what happened in the offseason with his surgery. Uh, I think it was bad for everyone involved, Mike Thomas, the team, because if he'd have had the surgery after the season like the Saints wanted, even if he had had this setback that he had, they'd had time for it to get fixed in the offseason so he'd be ready for the year. Uh, by pushing it back, it obviously uh, you know, complicated the whole situation. Uh, he's clearly their best offensive playmaker along with Alvin Kamara and not having him out there, especially with the quarterback situation, uh, they don't have anybody nearly as accurate as Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees is the most accurate quarterback in NFL history, and you can really see the little nuances that they're missing from having an all-time great quarterback to having just kind of average quarterbacks. Just those, those balls are a little bit behind or a little bit out in front. It leads to some drops. It leads to some contested catches that are dropped some balls that are broken up. Those are the little subtle things that Drew Brees did. And a guy like Mike Thomas, who's got incredibly strong hands, can make those competitive catches, uh, would probably help uh, with, with this quarterback play that they have right now. So they obviously would love to get him back. And I don't think the cap's the issue. I think it's a matter of, of is Mike Thomas going to be happy here? Is he on board? Because the Saints will not put up with someone that is not all in and, and, and being a good teammate. And I don't think that's an issue with Mike Thomas, but they would certainly want to find that out before they bring him back. Jeff, at the end of each season, Dennis Allen's name has come up time and time again about a potential head coach and role in the league. We saw Dan Campbell leave last year for the Lions. Is there anybody floating under the radar that you feel potentially could be a head coach further down the line somewhere else? Or do you think Dennis Allen will get a chance again to be interviewed for other jobs and potentially move on again? Well, he's definitely, I think, in line and would be an excellent head coach. Uh, I think his first experience with the Raiders only helped him to know what not to do. So I think his second time around, Dennis Allen would prove to be very successful wherever he went. But he's in a very good situation here. So I don't think he's going to leap at just any spot. I think it would have to be a good situation, a stable organization to lure him away. Now, the guy that is the up-and-coming coach on this staff is Ryan Nielsen, the defensive line coach. He almost went to LSU last year to be their defensive coordinator. He also was pursued by Southern California, his alma mater, to be the defensive coordinator there. He turned both those down. He is next in line. So if Dennis Allen were to get uh, a head coaching opportunity, Ryan Nielsen would step into his role as a defensive coordinator. But it wouldn't surprise me if another NFL team came after Ryan Nielsen uh, as a, uh, a defensive coordinator prospect, or if a college, American University somewhere, looked at him as a head coach. I mean, he's got all the makeup, the things you look for to be an excellent head coach one day. Jeff, final question. Uh, before we get the next Jeff on, I know he's waiting. Hi, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, final question. Saints Stadium hosting the Super Bowl 2025. 
we've seen a lot of teams recently their their stadiums hosting Super Bowl they end up playing internationally any whispers of a Saints game in London or Germany over the next couple of years have you heard anything or have you any exclusives to tell us before we leave you no you know I haven't and that that's a good question because I know the Saints have had great experiences over there the last two times they've been over uh they loved it and uh they relish the opportunity to go play. They've got a lot of fans over in, in, in England and in Europe. So I know they would look forward to it, but the way that situation works, you know, it's very, um, they keep it close to the vest with the NFL who gets to go over there and play. It wouldn't surprise me though, to see them play in Germany. I know they've got a large fan base in Germany. Uh, so I could see that happening uh, one day. I know I would love it because <laughs> there's nothing more I love than making the trip over. I've got a lot of friends over in, in Europe and uh, I just see it growing. Every time I'm over there, I'm blown away. The first time I went in 2008, it was so much bigger the last time we, we played over there. And the new stadium, of course, is incredible in London. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the, the games in Germany. I hope it keeps branching out. I hope it you know, goes to other parts of Europe because I really think the American football uh, popularity is growing everywhere all over the world, uh, certainly more so than when I covered it, started covering the league 20 years ago. Well, Jeff, if uh, the Saints and Sean Payton and yourself want to come to Dublin to play, we're uh, certainly open to, to that. We'd be delighted to, to welcome uh, the fans from NOLA over. But we want to thank you for taking the time to chat to us today. If you want to check out Jeff's stuff, you can find him on Twitter at Jeff Duncan underscore. Um, we mentioned that you uh, you have written that book, Peyton and Breeze, the man who built the greatest offense in NFL history. And you do a whole bunch of stuff I know um, uh, as an analyst. So, may, you know, we'll definitely have you on again, hopefully um, in the off season. And we can see what the Saints are going to do as they build. Uh, you know, it's going to be certainly interesting couple of years, I think, in New Orleans. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. Y'all come over here. We'll get you out to one of the great Irish pubs in New Orleans. And if I get over there, and I, trust me, I'll be in Dublin soon. I've heard nothing but great things. So I'm dying to get over there, and I'll definitely look you up. And until then, though, yes, sir. Uh, we'll have about, we'll be back on the show sometime at, yeah. whenever you all want to have me on. That's great. Anytime, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks so much, Thank Martin. Take care, Thank you, guys. Thanks. Good day. Take care. All the best, Jeff. Thank thanks. you. Awesome to speak with Jeff Duncan. Uh, Great, check out some Saints content. Thank you very much, Jeff. From one Jeff to another, Jeff Rainbow. <laughs> there he is. What? Jeff, is up? What's Jeff, going on, fellas? Can we just can we get the rumors out of the way? There's been rumors all day. There's been people texting me all day. Can you confirm if you're the next head coach of Notre Dame? Is this is this happening? Or <laughs> <laughs> Here, so some money in college football, Jeff. Isn't it? I, I'm gonna tell you something, guys. It's amazing now what these guys are making, and you talk about unlikely, you know, bedmates, if you will, LSU and Brian Kelly, that I could, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't have sold that to me six months ago. I don't care how much money you were talking about, but this thing has really started to spiral. I don't, the, the interesting thing guys is where's it all end, right? Where does it all end? Because you're talking about guys making a million dollars a month now to coach college football programs. And, you know, that's an incredible, incredible number. Uh, you know, there's we have a thing in the in the United States called Title IX, which guarantees that there is, you know, uh, an evenly balanced, you know, budget, if you will, uh, between men's sports and women's sports in college. Right. For example, if, if you have 80 football players on scholarship, you have to have 80 female athletes on, you know, whatever sport, whether it's 
you know, volleyball or, or whatever sport, you have to have female sports and you have to have the same equitable uh, numbers and equitable budgets. Well, you know, what's going to happen now when the women's basketball coach comes into the AD and says, hey, wait a second, you just you just hired this guy for you know, $12 million. Where's mine? Right. And they and they've got a legal leg to stand on. So I think it's there has to be a point where it stops. I mean, it, it has to come to a stop at some point because it's unbelievable what these guys are getting. Yeah, the, the contract details that leaked out for Lincoln Riley were, were quite something. But Jeff, uh, we haven't had the chance on this show to congratulate you. Big win at the, the weekend for the, the Tiger Cats and uh, obviously a couple of big games ahead. But I'm interested, you, you as somebody who's coached in the game, mm-hmm. we have a game tomorrow night with the Cowboys and the Saints. And you got Sean Payton and Jerry Jones, two big characters, neither of whom are shy about going forward. Obviously, um, you know, Sean spent some time in Dallas and we, you know, we know um, there's a there's a lot of ego there. But his Saints have been somewhat humstrung on offense, um, you know, this this season with injuries and everything else. But as a, as a, somebody who had who has that coach experience and, and is coaching, how much would it would do you think it means when you go up against like a, a former employer? Well, obviously, it, it, it's it's a big deal. And for Sean, it's an even bigger deal because he has been a favorite of Jerry Jones since he was an assistant for Parcells with the Cowboys. And there has been continued speculation over the years about him going back there and becoming the head coach of the Cowboys. And it's it was close a couple times. So obviously they're, you know, if not friends, they're certainly friendly and uh, they both have a deep respect for one another and they're both highly competitive and they both love the stage and they love the microphone. And so I think it's probably a better deal with them states apart than one in Dallas, one in New Orleans, because, you know, there's only so much airtime. And and let me tell you something, you're not going to outshine Jerry Jones. I don't care who you are. And Sean, frankly, enjoys that same notoriety that has come with him being the head coach of the Saints. Jeff, Mark is not here tonight, but we've had to put up with a lot of happy, smiling faces from Mark over the past month with the Patriots on a, a six-game run. Mac Jones is coming to come into his own. Are you surprised how how the season has gone for him in terms of at the start of the season? It just looked like they were going to be kind of sporadic in many ways. The defense was playing really well. The offense was stuttering, but they seem to be getting it together on both sides we, of the ball now. Well, I'm not surprised because if you if you study the Patriots historically, that's kind of been what they've normally done. Yeah. They take the first quarter of the season and it takes some time to kind of get a sense of how, who they have, what they want, who, what, you know, one of the things they do better than maybe anybody in football is they don't ask guys to do things they can't do right now. So you look at that football team, it's taken them a little bit of time to grow into their roles. Right. And you look at the offense, Mac Jones is having as good a run in these last few games as any quarterback in football. Now, do I think he's an elite quarterback right now? No, but he's playing at an elite level because the fit for him is perfect in that offense. If you took him and you put him in Philadelphia or you put him in Arizona or some of the other places where where they do much more uh, ride and ride, what we call ride and decide the RPO packages, all that kind of thing. He would struggle. He would struggle. But in what New England asks him to do, he is outstanding. 
very similar to a sixth round draft pick they had out of Michigan a few years ago. And I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but it's all about fit when you're talking about a quarterback. You need to bring a guy to your to your offense that excels at what you do, or you better change your offense around his, you know, his skill set. Well, they said at the start of the season in preseason that they'd gone back to the Tom Brady offense. Josh McDonald was allowed to go back to what he, he knows best because he had to move away from that with Cam last year. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, Cam Cam's not that guy. He's not a drop back guy. You know, he's he's a dynamic athlete and he's got a big arm and he can throw the deep ball extremely well. But the intermediate routes, the accuracy, the decision making that you need in the offense, in the Josh McDaniel offense, just wasn't there. Now you bring in this young kid, and even though he's a rookie, and even though he's, you know, really was only a one-year starter at Alabama, he doesn't have a great body of work. But what he does have is is tremendous football IQ. He makes this. He's really decisive with the football. He protects the football, and he understands that he's part of the offense. He's not the offense, and that's the difference. Jeff, we're going to try and sneak in another question each because Mark's not here, so it can be quicker. A, a guy you worked with, Liram, with mm-hmm. Highways, I can't pronounce his surname. I'm sorry, man. Uh, first off, yes, but I, <laughs> I'm having a really, really bad night pronouncing names. Um, two different things, right? First off, you must be very proud seeing him go to the Cowboys for a start and play like that. And secondly, he was, I seen he was released last week. I only found out yesterday, last night. Um, Surely he's going to be snapped up by somebody, Jeff, if not now in the offseason. Well, I think what he what he did, and this is this is the life of a kicker, right? And it was interesting talking to Tom Morstead, this the same thing happened to him with the Jets, and now he's with the Falcons. He was basically brought to the Jets, Tommy was, because they had an injury at punter. And he knew he was going to be there for whatever length of time it took for that punter to heal because they had money invested in him and he was their guy. The same was true with uh with Lyrum. You know, the uh, the kicker was in COVID protocol. They knew he wasn't going to play, so they needed a guy for that one game, maybe two games, right? But Liram knew that his time was short there. But what he did was took advantage of the opportunity. So now, you know, I say this all the time to young players. you got to take away their reasons to tell you no, right? you got to take away their reasons to cut you. And one of the things that's always haunted Liram was – is he had not done it in a regular season NFL game. A couple of years ago when he was with the Rams, he led the Rams of all the kickers they had, even when they drafted, he had a better field goal percentage during, during training camp. But they cut him because he hadn't done it in a game. Now he can say, I've done it in a game under pressure situations, and he was perfect and had three, he was three for three with, with touchbacks, which that was the one area I wondered about because he doesn't have a big leg. He's an accurate guy, but not a big leg guy. Jeff, talking of the Rams, um, I'm interested in in your take on on them. They they started the season on on fire, really, um, but then maybe there were signs of it against the the Lions and and the Texans, where they wobbled a little bit. But they brought in OBJ, they bring in Von Miller, and all of a sudden they've lost three on the bounce. I think the you know the Rams are a little bit uh, an interesting study to me. Because I thought when they brought Matthew Stafford, I thought that was going to be the key. They were going to get a guy that could push the ball down the field, and that was going to be so much more a part of what that offense lacked. You know, the play-action game, they were always, they've always been good at that. The quick game, they've been good at that. Running the ball, they've been good at that. I think the thing that people don't realize, when you lose your starting running back, and, and he was a good one, 
And that changed the dynamic of their football team. And then I'll be honest with you, fellas. I think their defense is underperforming. You look at that, the level that that defense played at last year, and it's only better in terms of personnel. And they're not playing at that level. And you, when that happens, you have to go back and you say, all right, what's, what's the issue? Where's the, where's the, you know, where's the rub, I guess. And to me, it's in the coordinator. It's, you know, this is the same bunch of players. It's actually a better bunch of players than they had last year. And they were dominant on defense. And now you don't see that yet. And, and so, you know, you got to start looking at coaching when it, when it comes down to that. Jeff, stepping away from the NFL for a minute, you have a, a very big game this weekend um, mm -hmm. without giving away any any secrets. Um, how's the preparations going for this one? It's it's really good. You know, we're in divisional championship football, right? So this is for the Eastern Division Championship, the right to go play for the Great Cup, which is our Super Bowl, right? A game that's been played for over 100 and almost 110 years, right? It's the oldest professional sports championship in the world. So it's, it means an awful lot to get there. Now we're 60 minutes away from getting there. I think our veteran players and even our young guys are starting to get how important that is. You know, you think about that guys, we're 120 minutes away from being legendary. One of the unique things about our, our game is let's, let's go to something as simple as the trophy. The Vince Lombardi trophy is a beautiful trophy, but nobody who ever won the Super Bowl has his name on the Vince Lombardi trophy. I don't care if you're MVP or what. Our trophy's different. It's a big trophy that every player on the active roster of the championship that year, his name is forever indelibly etched in silver on that trophy. So 40 years down the road, when you bring your grandkids back, you can go to that year and you can find your name on that trophy. And that's why we say you reach legendary status. And we, you know, our motto around here is we're, we're chasing legendary. We're not interested in ordinary. We're chasing legendary. Jeff, just finally, I want to see you any given Sunday. Uh, have a talk on Sunday with the music <laughs> in the background. Dun, 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 dun. Um, here, the it's games those, those inches, those inches, <laughs> and they're everywhere. <laughs> Uh, inch that, by was inch. Uh, that was that wasn't bad to be fair it, it, here's the thing i've got a bit of breaking news and it's not it might not be a good thing it might not be a bad thing the game starts at 5 30 right the cover starts at six o'clock on bt sports today i don't know what's going on first half an hour there's french football on so i don't know is, is it i think what, is it? i think what you're probably going to get is a delay a take delay of it you know because of the their overlap of french football so we we begin you know it's a, it's a 12 30 start here in canada okay. which is which is 5 30 year time so um i know that you can get it on the on any of the espn family of networks you can get it on bt sport yeah, i'm sure you can live stream it from cfl.ca um it, it's going to be an interesting thing this is the rivalry between ourselves and toronto is again over it's 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 longer than we've played the great cup in this country so it is the oldest professional sport rivalry these our two teams have played each other more than any teams in the history of sport on the professional level and it hasn't it hasn't dulled down a little bit even it is going to be wild in that stadium it is going to be you know they hate us we don't care much for them either and you know it's going to be a great great environment to watch a football game uh, 
BT Sports Three, obviously watch it alongside the NFL and Sky, etc. I know Jeff, you're gonna are you gonna pop in with Neil at halftime? And I'm, I'm joking. I, are, I you gonna... are, you, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Anyway, anyway, look, man, best of luck, but also uh, bring the bring the Grey Cup home two weeks. I'm we're hoping because that game's in Hamilton as well. So enjoy the next few weeks. I know I know you're a busy man, and we, and we appreciate you coming on here. All right, got now, a coffee with coach it, next week as well. So looking forward it, to that as well. Here's one of the unique things about the Grey Cup. You know, you say you talk about bring it home. Every player gets one day with the Grey Cup. You can it's like the All Ireland. Yeah, you, 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 you can yeah. you can take it anywhere in the world. As a matter of fact, they fly it. They get it a seat on an airplane and they fly <laughs> it across the ocean. If you want to take it across the ocean, so if we win and I'm in in Ireland, I'll make sure that we get a day of it with it. Yeah, just no yeah. drinking. Just no drinking Guinness out of the cup, guys. But is it is it cursed like the Stanley Cup? Like you know, like, like you're, you're not allowed to touch it. Is it no or is it? Is it it's okay? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're bringing it to Temple Bar, Jeff, when we look out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Jeff! Who uh, has the trophy? <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on, Jeff. Really appreciate. it. Looking forward to chatting to you next week as well after this game. Be tuning in on Sunday. Looking forward to it. And uh, if you do get the Notre Dame job, give us a heads up first. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, you absolutely, you know, I will. Hey, guys, I got to tell you, I, I really, really appreciate what you guys do. I watch your show all the time. You're doing outstanding. I want to know where, where you're getting the budget to send Calm all over the all over North America to watch football <laughs> games. But it's it's great to it's be on with you guys. Jeff. It's the exchange rate between Sterling and Europe that I'm, I'm only joking. Right, Pleasure, well, Jeff. It's, it's best luck this weekend, man. Yeah. Always good to be with you guys. Aloha. Thanks, Jeff. Aloha, Jeff. Best Thank you. Very much, Thank you. you. Right. Best the uh, legendary Jeff Reinbold. Uh, good luck at the weekend, Jeff. We'll be watching. I'll be watching anyway. I know you boys have got B. Have you got Brian? You've got BT. I do, Jeff. Yeah. Have you got BT? Come. I don't. BT Sport. You have to come up here, sure, for the cracker. Go up, up down to Brian's for the crack. I, to be fair, now I watched the game. The game was on at. Uh, it was on at the same time as the NFL last weekend. They seemed to just do it for the playoffs. I watched it last Sunday. It was a good crack. And uh, I think Jeff, man, I, I actually think Jeff's going to win it because his team is, is running away with it at the minute. Have you seen the end zone? It's like huge. Yeah. It's, uh, C CFL is uh, is a little bit different, uh, but it's a, it's a big, big game at the weekend because team they're going up against uh, have only lost uh, once at home this season, and that was when they had the top of the division secured. So, uh, big game, but as I said, the, the Tiger Cats are flying, so an interesting one. Big game, big man. Thanks to Jeff. He was talking about the uh, Great Cup being travelled around the world. My wife let me know today. Uh, she works in Armagh, and Sam McGuire was in Armagh today, so I don't know how that got in there. But... Uh, Apologies to everybody involved. And if you're listening from Armagh, because 4% of our population for this podcast listens from Armagh. Kevin McMillan retired today, Mike. That's grand. I think everybody outside of Dublin just didn't watch the GA for it. I'm only joking. Yeah, great man, apparently. I've seen a lot of tweets about it. And uh, yeah. yeah. Stalwart. Yeah. Great player. But there's so many stalwarts for Dublin. That's the problem. Like We're going into a whole different thing. Uh, there's a couple <laughs> of things here. Uh, Raps just tweeted... Former Giants head coach Ben McAdoo will assume a coaching role for the Cowboys tomorrow. Obviously, McCarthy's out with COVID. Uh, Adrian Peterson going to the Seahawks. And very quickly, because I want to see his face, Mike Glennon is going to quarterback the New York Giants on Sunday. Um, or, or is he? I, <laughs> I was watching it last. I was watching TV last night. They came up and I was like, oh, 
those boys are probably in bed. Mike Glennon, Brian, exciting times. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm sure he's picking up that fantastic offense that Freddie Kitchens is, is uh, putting in place. He's such a big neck. You think he'd loan it to uh, Daniel Jones for the weekend and get over that neck injury? That, that was I Sam, think this guy's got the wrong show here. That was Sam Manson's exact comment. It was <laughs> Daniel Jones out with a neck injury, so Mike Lennon might start. No way. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. T- yeah, I actually agree. Totally off topic, but. Uh, well do you know what no seriously there there, there are years now for nfl mvp where certain players are robbed and i sound a game and done for you here but i'm gonna leave that until until i can't even pronounce his name then. i'm like you michael the boy striker was uh left short change shall we say on the tuesday night was it Anyway, um, I, yeah, I look, it's, it's, it's a bit yeah. disappointing on the, uh, the Giants front because any little bit of momentum you got after oh, beating your rivals. Brian, is... Brian, you are full of it. You're going to pick the Giants of the weekend. We all know you're going to pick the Giants. You'll pick the Giants. Genuinely, I was picking the Giants. Man with no legs, no arms, playing on the center. You no. go, oh, I'm, I'm going to no. pick the Giants. I think <laughs> at least their quarterback, no matter who it is, will know where the center is. Not like Kirk Cousins last Sunday. Um, I'd be really honest with you. 100% I was picking the Giants because their defense has played really well this season, and I felt they do a good job on two. Still think they will. Logan Ryan has been activated today, who we've been missing, missing for the past few weeks. But unfortunately. Our offense struggles with the main quarterback, so I, I don't see how it's going to get any better with the backup. He did play comments well. here, but he, he did huh? play well in Dallas when he came into the game. But I put that down to the fact they hadn't schemed against him. We're, we're seeing comments here about like most Allen stuff, so I am going to move on at this point. Uh, matchbook fifteen pound, fifteen euro welcome offer, money back as cash if your first bet loses. Bonus code is Irish NFL Show. Brian, before we give away our picks, the line is Cowboys minus four and a half. The over-under is over 47 point, over 47.5. Cowboys a favorite for this game. Without giving away your pick, do you think the minus four and a half may represent good value if you if you if you fancy the Cowboys to win on a on a good day? Yeah, I would have I would have expected it to be around six and a half, which which is strangely it's very consistent with the, the line of the game last Thursday night on Thanksgiving, this the late game, which was the Bills going into going into New Orleans, where the line started at four and a half. And by the time it came to kick off, he hit six and a half, seven. Um, I, I'd imagine it might go that way tomorrow, especially with the, the likelihood that we'll get confirmation tomorrow that Mary Cooper is, in fact, going to play. Because if you read Ian Rappaport's tweets in the past four, uh, two hours, he's down as questionable. But bearing in mind he's been cleared off the, off the uh, COVID, I'd imagine he will play. I guess CD Lamb back. As Jeff Duncan said earlier on, it looks like they're going to go up against a full steam Cowboys offense. Ezekiel Elliott now is playing, but he seems to be struggling with an injury. So. It'd be interesting to see how he plays. I wonder will they lean more on Pollard, who is a really good running back. But to your point, four and a half, yeah, I think it's a, if you're a gambling man, please bet responsibly. I like that line. Favor- I like the line. Favoring. Okay. Column, I, I know you're not a betting man, but uh, if you're seeing a quarterback such as Taysom Hill lineup, are, are you confident that there might be over 47 points in that game? Just from your general NFL knowledge. No, 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 I'm not. Okay, not um, not with not not with Taysom. Um, it, it, probably it's an upgrade on Trevor Simeon, but um, I don't think enough. I don't, and, and I think that the Sean Payne will want to put on a show as well. So you could you could argue to be better off. It'd be better served 
using Tyson Hill in the, in the way that they do normally when there's a quarterback there. Swiss Army like type scenario. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, can I just first off announce that all our stock is sold out? We have no more stock left. We're worse than Debenhams on, on in a closing down sale, um, or uh, in the case in the Republic. I don't know. What shop went bust recently? Very positive, and we have to uh, thank everybody that's purchased some of the merch, as you like to call it, Michael, this week at the weekend, because we were blown away by the amount of orders we had, which is fantastic. In terms, just very quickly as well, of um, you know, you're saying about disclaimers, they're obviously fantastic to have matchbook on board over 18. Bonus code is Irish NFL show. Uh, in terms of you know saying over 18, please gamble responsibly. Just don't pick whatever I pick anymore because there's no point anymore. Um, well, I just don't see the point. Two points. Wasn't, wasn't like it was a, you know, oh, that was even worse. And then Colin Cronin didn't even show up for fantasy last weekend. And I still lost. So shout out to Pete Carroll. Shout out to Seahawks. I hope the Seahawks don't win another game this season. And uh, yeah, complete disgrace. Uh, Colin, you want my, me to my... show something? Yeah, if you if you can, yeah, my worst week of fantasy, and I, I still managed. To just In terms of me showing this, uh, just just very quickly, what can you build it my, up? Because it's gonna it was so. this this is my favorite meme of the the week, and I just saw it uh, just before we had come on. So um, it's I think I think Brian will enjoy this one actually. I don't really know if something to do with me. Thank you for the comment about the merchant. So basically, this is very loud, and I apologize if this guest is tucked down for copyright. It's all Colin's fault. And just to so say, that was uh, yeah. that was Devonta Smith uh, catching balls with Jalen Rieger at the Eagles practice earlier. Wow. Well, I, can I just apologize because I don't have the capacity in under 30 seconds to make that tweet be at the top and stuff. It takes at least three minutes, like going about. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen it until the show that started. That was nearly as many balls as Devante Smith caught last Sunday. 22 yards in the game. Thank you. What game was that? I think you know what game that was. I know what game it was. Right, Thank that's, the Lord. Uh, that's, Thank the Lord. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, got to get away from this. Right. Who's staying up to watch this tomorrow night? Everyone? Yeah. We'll give it a go, all right? Okay. Of course you will. Saints uh, five and six, Cowboys seven and four. Uh, just want to thank publicly uh, Joe Biden live on air right now before we do this because uh, I was considering going to a game in two weeks and apparently now I would have to self-isolate for seven days. So as Colin can get to a, two games in two weeks, I can't get to one. Anyway. All right. Well, yeah, I am 0-4 with my team. So... We'll, we'll just leave it at that. But Brian, just co co come forward a wee bit, just for, just for the camera, yeah? just just you know, just in case. Saints five and six, Cowboys seven and four. First night football picks tomorrow night, presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Uh, who have we got called to start this off? Well, jet lag might have me up for it, but um, the the Saints' offensive struggles are you know they're well documented. And they, you know, when when Winston goes down, and that essentially ends your season, that's quite telling. They have they're going to move away from Trevor Simeon, despite the fact that Taysom Hill is carrying an injury. I think that tells you all you need to to know 
I mean, yeah, he's been better in the, the fourth quarter during his time as a starter, but that's just because he's kind of chucking it up there and, and they're trying to come back from um, being kind of deep in, in a number of holes. I just think that the, the Cowboys really need this. And I said it before, I think the Cowboys are a very emotional team. I think they're going to want to to bounce back after um, that performance uh, against the, the Raiders. I think they'll be very annoyed at that because ultimately the, the four DPI calls are kind of what cost yeah. them. They didn't, they didn't, they, they played okay on, on offense and obviously without a number of starters, a lot's going to depend on whether Cooper is back. I imagine if he misses a third game and um, the, keep, keep an eye on Jerry Jones because he'll have plenty to say. But I think that on the the basis of probabilities the 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 cowboys will win this but um i would expect uh, a couple of surprises at least from sean payton with jerry in the house um I, i'd be quite confident we'd see a better performance from the saints this week in particular on defense i mean they had a very poor performance last week against the bills and on thanksgiving and the week prior to that in philadelphia they were hosed for 40 points in a game that everybody felt they would be Dominant because they're deemed to be the number one non-defense team in the league. But in saying that, you know, the reality is they could they could hold the Cowboys to 10, 14 points for two quarters, but the reality is, is their offense can be good enough to take take advantage. It'd be interesting to see how, how fit Kamara is. Jeff made the point earlier, Jeff Dungan, that if Kamara's back, he's back 100%. So I'd be, be keen to see how productive he can be. And then you got Mark Ingram, who's done reasonably well since he came in. But for me, we're in a situation where the Cowboys need to win, need to get back on track. Um, they're quickly falling into that fourth seed in the playoffs, and that will lead to an even more difficult game come January. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think that, that four and a half points uh, spread that you touched on, Michael, looks favourable for me. I think they'll win with at least a touchdown. Cool. Uh, I just realised Mark's not here. Uh, right, you know what? Let's get Mark's pick out of the way first. Um, right, so Mark's going with the Cowboys. Hi, Mark. Hopefully see you uh, on Saturday night show. Is he on Saturday night? Yeah, that's the plan. I believe so. Yep. Excellent. Excelsior. Um, after last week and the Raiders Thanksgiving that I experienced uh, in many ways, more than one with messaging and uh, certain things, I, I want the Cowboys to win the rest of every game this season for, for the rest of the season. I'm only joking. In, in, in all seriousness, this is a game in which the Cowboys need to win. On paper, they should win this game comfortably. But I genuinely thought they would win last week comfortably. And I was... You were talking about flags, Colin, and stuff, right? Whenever that was called on uh, the Cowboys last week, I, like, I nearly broke the TV, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan. That was woeful. The Cowboys, which however... Which one in particular, Michael? The last one, where it cost them like 40 yards. The old, like, that was, uh, that, that was atrocious. Brown on Jones. Um, yeah, was, yeah, I felt it was a bit weak. I agree with you on that. Although I, I, I felt it was a flag. I just, I couldn't believe the player actually done it. Like that, like I, I was sitting there going, like, really? Like, that particular player has been called for pass interference throughout the season, very early on in the season when uh, Dick. Sorry, I know I'm cutting across your uh, selection part. No, sorry, right. but, um, um, like we touched on it last few weeks, and we keep referring to Boomer Bust, and that's. What the Cowboys' defense is, and in particular, secondary times, they're you know they get the interception and pick sixes, but then they get hosed on the other side. So that could be their downfall in the long run. 
I think, well, we'll see what happens in the long run, but I think in terms of the short term, Thursday night's a game for them to bounce back to go 8-4. I'm going to take the Cowboys, I think. There'll be a good mix between Pollard and Elliott. But also, having all these guys back, I think Gallup will have a good game. Um, I don't think McCarthy not being there is going to have much of an effect. Just putting that out there. I know he's going to be sitting in a room like Garth Brooks on Zoom, shouting. But that's fine. Uh, the Cowboys will win this game comfortably. Uh, and I just want to shout out to Irish Cowboys who are now going to be devastated at this. But can we all smile so I can take a screenshot of this? And be just like, about to say, two tourists in a row. This is fantastic. So we know what's coming Friday morning. Happy to give you that smile. <laughs> shout out to Irish Cowboys. And apologies to Irish Cowboys because I said word for word last week, I think you boys are going to win. Don't worry. And then, yeah. Can I go, Colin? I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah. I know you have a point. Can I go 1-0 for week 13? Please, just I'm actually getting nervous here to be honest with you. Well, Lindsay Jones's um daughter had 11 correct results last week. Five, I'd say that as a first. And um, the only thing I was gonna say about the game was like this is a bigger game than probably people you know imagine because if you look at the wild card race at the moment, five and six is in there. Washington football team are five and six, and they're seven seed at the moment. So the Saints beat them earlier in the season so if they were to win this game you know you wonder you know saints are not that far away it's mad it shows how how tight it is at the moment between the, the workers and the team that came back again back we have a comment from jamie column saying that washington are going to win the nfc east let's see what happens well, look, I, I mean, I, I am, I don't think this is going to be comfortable uh, for the Cowboys. I'm predicting they'll win on the basis of probability. I don't think it'll be comfortable. I, I really think Sean Payton is going to want um, to kind of show Jerry up, and we know Sean Payton can come up um, with um, very, very smart, gimmicky plays. So the the Cowboys are going to have to show up. They are are going to have to, you know, put in a performance. So let's see if they they can do that because we if, if they take it for granted at any point they could well um get caught by the saints yes that's it full house in the cowboys you thought you thought it was over it is now but in all seriousness boys we have another show tomorrow night non-thursday night football related more not tomorrow column brian mark everybody in the chat uh thanks money for coming in see you boys soon and we have a show saturday night as well yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Indeed. So, and apologies in advance to the Cowboys. Enjoy the game tomorrow. See you guys. Good luck.